as I said, we had uh, three days, actually, uh, sitting in the camper. Oh, uh, we ate way too much and uh, didn't sleep enough, but we did sleep. Uh, but I got a lot of time just sitting there in my chair and, and just reading and studying and seeking God. And, and I hope you've been doing this as well, thinking back and contemplating the last few weeks. Has anybody else been been doing that or is that angelic visitation already a thing of history and it's a bygone now wow i think i'm at the wrong church today honey this is my angst is that the angelic visitation that we received here in this house although we don't understand it at this point god is showing us some things but my angst my concern is that we will quickly forget because that no that's what we do that's what that's not just what the church does but that's what Americans do once it's out of sight out of mind out of once it's out of sight you're it's out of mind and you quickly forget about that I'm not gonna let you forget because I'm not gonna forget and God has me on a journey of everything that I read in the Bible right now is okay Lord you visited us in this house we're certain of that at least we certainly want to believe that. I don't think there's any other explanation. Every minister that I've shown it to says the very same thing. In fact, one of the things they say to me is, how come you, Lopez, we've been praying for angelic visitations in our church forever, and we've never gotten one? I said, just hang around me long enough, it'll come. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, that's an important event. I don't know if you realize that that is an important event. And we can either let it be a, a launching pad to something new in our midst or just an event that a few years from now we go, remember when that happened? We are in the last days, brothers and sisters. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit, our Father in heaven, chose to visit us in physical form here in this church. Some people are, it's easy to get up here and say things like that, and, and, but we have video of it. I mean, it's, it's, I've had some of my ministers go, well, that part is really unexplainable, but that other part is undeniable. And the point being is that everyone, even those that are some of my spiritual leaders who have seen that video says this is, a, this is an amazing amazing thing that has happened to Resurrection Life Church. And then the first, uh, it happened on a Saturday, or, or I guess it happened on a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. We came here on that Sunday and kind of reversed the order of our service here and showed the video, and we had a, a day of impartation because with every visitation, scripturally, with every visitation comes an impartation. And so we had a, a day of imparting by the laying on of hands for all of our elders here. And I just want to challenge you elders. Have you been praying about what that impartation meant? Or was it just a day? Because I say to you, it was not just a day. See, I don't, I don't have to, I can get hands laid on me and not feel a blessed thing. But I know something got imparted into my life when I, I don't have to feel the Holy Ghost chili bumps or fall on my, on my backside or, or, or fall apart weeping. All those things can happen, but I don't have to. I can stand up there 
and feel absolutely nothing but no, something's been imparted into my life. Now it's up to me to search it out. Elders, and I'm not trying to be mean to you today, but have you been searching it out? It was imparted to you today. All of you who came forward that morning and received the laying on of hands by the elders also received an impartation. I know not what that impartation is. I don't need to know. And maybe even right now you don't know. But have you been searching? Have you been seeking? Have you been praying? Have you been fasting to say, Lord, what did that impartation mean? What was it for in my life? So I will start many services coming up to let you know that I will not forget that occasion. And if I do, I, I beseech one of you to come pull on my shirt sleeve and say, hey, pastor, you ain't talked about that for a while. Now, I'm not going to make all of our church about the angel. We're not going to be the first church of angelic visitation in Gratiot County. Okay? No, 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 no. That didn't, that didn't, uh, we're not going to label anything. We're still Resurrection Life Church. And we're going to carry on in many respects like we've always carried on. But there has to be something in our spirits, inside of us, that says something happened in this place. And I don't know about you, I pray that it never grows so old that I can suddenly walk into this place and not feel different walking in this place. I've always enjoyed pulling into the parking lot here and just and, and love this church. I know I pastor it, but I love this church. And I go, wow, look at this church. And I come into this room and I've always felt like, wow, thank you, Lord, for such an amazing, magnificent sanctuary right here in, in Gratiot County. But it's different now. It's different now. Or not. That's not up to me, beloved. It's up to us. Together. We're not going to make this move of God a movement. That's where many make a mistake. God moves in a certain way and suddenly they make a movement. Next thing you know, you got the first church of angelic visitation. But God did not keep that a secret for a reason. And one of the things that I've automatically captured from this almost immediately was that worship was an important part of this situation. An important part of the journey that we were to have. As I, my first readings of this and reading in the Bible, trying to discover about angelic visitations in the word in every situation where the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God showed up in the house, they began to offer worship. Much of it was through the oblations of their worship, which was through the uh, sacrificial system. And they would uh, offer sacrifices to the Lord, but it was their form of worship. And of course, they would sing psalms and hymns, and it was their form of worship. In fact, David's temple uh, in the wilderness was very much a temple of worship, where the Shekinah glory of God resided as a blue flame right there in the tent. It was the place where God chose to live. See, we call it a visitation. And I've often said in all of the years that I've been pastoring that I, I long for a visitation, but a desire, a habitation of his presence. 
I don't want it to just be a place that God visited. Are you hearing me, church? I want it to be a place where the Shekinah glory, the presence, if you don't understand what that means, I just I'll go study it out. I'll probably bring a message at some point about it. But the glory of God shows up in the house to such a degree that it, it unravels the norm. And it means something. I pray with all of my heart as a pastor and the pastor here at Resurrection Life Church that we do not just go back to the norm. That doesn't mean we become wacky and weird and flaky and junky and messy. Are, are you hearing me? Um, it, it, but it, it means we don't, we don't tire of the pursuit. We do all that we can to welcome the presence of the Lord. The Lord doesn't come into a place he's not welcome. And you know what? You might say, well, we welcome him. Yeah, but a lot of us, what we do is we do our religious um, calisthenics, our religious mechanics. This is, you know, I've, I've kind of, I suppose, joked around about it a little bit. You know, three songs, announcements, offering, a sermon with four points and a poem, an altar call, and we all go have chicken. Um, those become our routines. Are you hearing me, beloved? So you're not coming into a church that's all of a sudden going to become wacky and we're going to have pictures of angels all over the place. Um, but they're in my mind. I sat here the evening that, that I first saw that video and I sat here in the dark. Oh, I was overshadowed by the presence of God. I've never, I've been in the presence of God where I felt what I call Holy Ghost chili bumps. Anybody ever had that spine tingle, runs up your spine? Can I help you with something? That doesn't usually last two to five or ten minutes. It's usually like happens and you're like, whoa. But that evening I came in and the whole time I was here, that was running through my entire body. It was a long-term physical reaction to the presence of God. And I sat here and I told you in my humanity, I looked around in the dark looking for the light of the angel that we have on video and I didn't see it. And then all of a sudden I remembered Lynette, who was actually in the room on the video, didn't see it either. And I thought, it could be happening for all I know. It could be happening right this minute. And I, here's, here's where my mindset is now. As I stand right here, I go, it could be happening right this minute. Oh, I pray dear believers that you will not lose sight of that expectation of that desire <coughs> that hunger desperation for a move of the mighty hand of God in our midst we aren't supposed to be a church for us resurrection life church was never created for the folks that attend Resurrection Life Church. It was a place for the people who attend Resurrection Life Church to come be equipped and filled with the Spirit to go out and be light and be salt. But Christianity, by and, part, by and large, for the most part, has become a, 
a, an action whereby people only live out their Christianity to its fullest degree on Sunday or in some churches where they have a midweek service. And it's all confined in this room. It's not the day and age that we live in, brothers and sisters. You should come here every single time you come to the service. Those of you who are watching today, you should watch every single time that you watch, expecting a move of God right there in your living room, hungry for a move of God right in your seat here. And if you're not getting it in the seat you're sitting in, go get another seat. And stay hungry for the, the move of God because as far as I'm concerned, Angels are watching over us. And as far as we know, could be moving even in our midst now. Or it's just another church service on Sunday. I don't want that. Steve, do you want that? We've had enough of that for way too many years. And it's been good. But once you've tasted and once you've seen, let me help you with something. When you get really good steak, <laughs> cheap steak ain't, no, 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 it ain't like, who, who barbecued me a leather belt? What's going on here? And do I have a pair of shoes in the closet that there's only one of them for because I'm eating the other one now? No, we're like, no, give me the good stuff. Huh? Are you hearing me? So I say, God, give us the good stuff. And I want to remain hungry for it. I'm just like the rest of you. I could easily lose sight of this. Move on to the next thing. I've been known to do that. Or have days like today where I'm doing a hundred things. I just printed my message like three minutes before service. And then never did hit those notes that I hit in rehearsal. I even sang the wrong words to the song. But God don't care. I was speaking, I, I'll get to my notes, hang on. Speaking to one of my minister friends that I'm going to visit again this Tuesday, who this has impacted his life and is impacting his church. He's, he's two hours away from here. And... Uh, he, he's, he's, you know, asking me, so what's different at your church? And I said, well, we're doing, we're doing worship different. And as we talked about it and spent some time together, uh, he also felt that this was very much about worship. And I said, I know, but it's not normal worship. And uh, I've been a worship for, worshiper all of my ministry. In fact, those of you who know me from back in the 90s when I came, I came here as the worship leader and the youth pastor. Worship leading has been in my blood and a part of the, I would say for many years, it was the strength of my anointing over pastoring, over teaching, over everything else. And uh, I felt like I needed to bring some worship. Now, all our plans with Jonathan being gone. And by the way, Jonathan, God bless you. All the family's home. They're all home. They told me, come on, yeah. He sent me a text that we're watching online. So uh, all seven of you, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So all, you know, we already had the plans for Jonathan being out and me kind of stepping in and Steve stepping in and Bill stepping up a little bit. So this, this hasn't happened because of the angelic visitation. It was already in place. 
And I was saying to my friend, I said, I think worship needs to be different. It's, it's not necessarily about doing a slew of new songs, but it's about each of these leaders finding the pocket of anointing to bring to the day. And he said to me, I don't think it's about you leading worship. He said, because you have the heart of worship. And I went, you know what, you're right. I don't have to be on the guitar and up behind the mic. I believe I have an anointing of worship upon my life. And that anointing of worship is not just for me. It's for, it's for this church. And it's for all of y'all. And it's for all the ministry friends that I have when we come together. And they, honest to goodness, they look to me like a spiritual father many times. And I don't know whether it's the white beard or, or what it is. But God has always seemed to do that in my life. And I, I do believe it's because with humility, Father, let me say this with humility, because to the best I can in human ability, I understand what worship is supposed to be, and I so crave it for all of us, and it ain't about what happens up there behind the mic, it's what happens right here. I, don't, I didn't say it ain't, what, it ain't what happens right here, it's what happens Right there. It's about welcoming the presence of God. And I don't want us to just welcome the presence of God into this room at Resurrection Life Church or into the room where the children are at, wherever other any ministry may be going on. But how about welcoming the presence of the Lord into your home? How about welcoming the presence of the Lord into your job place? That when you walk in, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa what was that? Do you see your workplace as an establishment for the Shekinah glory of God to be present? Is your home a place where the Shekinah glory of God, the awe-inspiring, knock-you-down, whoa-I-am-undone presence of God, when people walk into your house, they're like... I don't know what kind of Febreze you're using, but man, that's some good stuff. Because this is where it's at. The throne of the Lord, is in, he is enthroned in the praises of his people. He sits on his throne in the midst of his people through praise. Praise and worship is not the song service. It's an element of it. So we can all come into this place and we can bring our best stuff. Go through the list. Let's see, I think I'm going to do the first song in D. So the next song needs to transition to D. And it's got to have some tempo. And Or maybe like this morning I looked at the team and we're all like, none of us know any of the songs really well especially the ones we're going to do here in just a little while. Right, team? And I said, you know what? We'll just hang on, hook up with me, and let's see what happens. It's kind of what I said, isn't it? You can't rehearse that. Because I'm not here to rehearse the presence. I'm here to welcome 
the presence. And so many times, I believe the congregation lives vicariously through the praise and worship team. Wherever they may be in worship is where you will be in worship. And I'd sure love it to love to see it reverse. I'd love to see the whole praise team spurred on by the worship of the congregation and the people. And I've seen those days before. Today I want to talk to you about the role that you and I play in welcoming the presence of the Lord into our lives, into our homes, into our workplaces, and into our church. You might say, well, that's what we pay you for, Pastor. No, you don't. Really? You know, this church is twofold. It has an ecclesiastical part, which is a part of worship and all we do in our church life. But there's a corporate side, which is running the affairs the business of the church. If you pay me for anything, it's to run the church corporation. I do this for nothing. You don't have to give me a pay cut. We're all good. Let's just say. <laughs> but I'm just saying, let's get it real. This isn't, I preach, you don't, I, I will never be in a position, I pray, ever in my life. I got real close one time that I, 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 I preach because I get a paycheck. But I don't ever want to be in a position that I worship because I get a paycheck. So this ain't on me. It's on you, Pastor. You do it, which is very similar to what the children of Israel did to Moses in the wilderness. When they said, Moses, Pastor Mo, you go up the mountain. We don't want to go. We'll die. You go die. And believe me, sometimes pastoring feels like death. I'm just telling you. But it's so full of life, it's crazy. So I want to talk to you about welcoming the presence of the Lord into your life, into your home, into your workplace. Because it isn't going to be here until it's there. Is it in your home? Is the presence of the Lord at your home? Is the presence of the Lord, let me, let me say that again, is the presence of the Lord in your home because of you? Is the presence of the Lord in your workplace because of you? Is the presence of the Lord in your church because of you? Imagine if we all came into this place with such a desperate hunger and thirst for the presence of the Lord that even your hunger rivaled mine or rivaled whoever was leading worship. Could you imagine? I can tell you. Read it in Book of Acts when they were all in one place, in one accord, and suddenly the power of God showed up in the place. Don't bank on me. Don't bank on this. I've always believed that it's through praise and worship, Michael, that supernatural things happen. It's in times of worship. However, we have to learn, we need to learn how to invite a, an atmosphere of worship into our lives, into our homes, into our workplace, and into our church. We need to be able to invite an atmosphere of worship that activates, helps activate the manifest glory of God taking place because people don't want to come to church where they just do church. 
People want to come to a church where they experience the power of God and have an encounter, a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. We can be one or the other or in between. If we're in between, we sicken God. Lukewarm. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I've been so desperate for the glory and the presence of God my whole ministry that I am saturated with that desire, especially now that we have seen what we have seen. Are you? Are we? For they were together in the upper room in one mind and one accord of the same spirit in unity of faith, not knowing what they were even waiting for. <laughs> huh? And suddenly, like a rushing wind, the Holy Spirit came in. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, crazy Peter, got up, preached a message, and 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. You might say, well, that was just then. That was for then. It was for the establishment of the early church so the disciples didn't continue to feel bad about Jesus. Oh, man, that's for today, too. But church is... Much of church is bankrupt of the presence of God. It's by no chance that I have ministry friends that are in a way joking with me going, how come you at, how come Res Life? Why not us? And I'm not here to say, well, this is why. Because I got every reason that I can say, why, why us, Lord? Last week I brought a message to you from John chapter 4. I'm in my third paragraph now. I only have 13 pages, so you all going to have to hang out for a bit. You see, when you're in a church where the presence of the Holy Ghost is, you don't time the preacher or the service. Or if you like, I could be the preacher like I used to be that was constantly looking at the clock and timing myself and cutting corners to get you out of here on time because your chicken will be burned. I ain't having chicken today. I feel that I've been changed somehow by the presence of God. Last week I brought a verse to you in John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. It says, the hour is coming and now is. I'm writing on that one. And now is when the true Worshippers, not the worship band, not the true pastors, where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The spirit part is recognizing that God is the one we worship. The truth is recognizing who Christ is, and not many people really have a revelation of Christ or who God is. That's why church is, for the most part, their once-a-week experience, and much of their life after their once-a-week experience is hinged on what their experience was at church. 
And if the experience was bad, then the rest of the week is bad. Just look at your neighbor and say, that better not be you. Now look at your other neighbor because that sure ain't me. You see, you cannot create an environment of the presence of God if you're not worshiping in spirit and in truth. If you're only singing the songs because you know them, and even then, if the lyrics don't get to the screen, you're completely falling apart. Worship has come to a screeching halt. Then really, what do you... That's not worshiping in spirit and in truth. I said to the praise team this morning, because we're doing stuff that they weren't even familiar, really familiar, but it's been like ages. I love Andrew. I don't know where Andrew's at. And, and he come in, he had a big smile on, my, on his face. And, and I said, how you doing? He just said, I love the old songs. And I said, I know, the old guys bring in the old stuff. And he says, I like it. I'm going, praise God, there's one. We have to learn how to welcome the presence of God in order for the glory of God to manifest in, for miracles and for signs and for wonders. We're not, I don't believe often we are welcoming the presence. We're welcoming a church experience. I need a church experience today. I get that and I understand it. Life's been hard and the week's been difficult. I need a church experience today. So I can make it through the next six days till I get my next church experience. Have one encounter with the manifest glory of God, you will have, you'll never want a church experience again because you will have had steak. So this welcoming of the presence of God doesn't happen by playing instruments, although they can be advantageous to that environment. It doesn't happen by singing alone. Because we could have the we could have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir in here. Woo! Huh? And it no, that's just a song, just people. And in some cases those those kind of choirs are got their chord charts in front of them because they're sight reading everything and watching the conductor. It, I, anyone who leads worship up here, I give them an instruction. You keep one eye on God and one eye on me. That's why all of our worship leaders are like this. <laughs> there must be an order, so it's not about the, the guitar playing or the bass playing or the keyboards or the drums or the lead singer or even the song selection. It's about whether or not there's genuine worship in the house. We can have the best band on the planet and sing the latest, hottest songs to the and we got pretty good stuff here. We can begin to depend upon that, and it's not genuine worship. Because if anything less than that happens, then it's like, boy, that was that was all right. Sure be glad when Jonathan comes back. <laughs> no offense, Jonathan. Psalm chapter 22, verse 3 says, But you, God, are holy, enthroned in the praises of your people.
Not there. Here. When's the last time you did worship? I'll just pick on Gail and Jim. Sitting right there, shoulder to shoulder. Little lovebirds, isn't it cool? But God is enthroned in the middle of your praises. When's the last time you went through a praise and worship service instead of rubbing shoulders with your beloved, rubbing shoulders with your beloved, and having that mindset? God's throne is in the midst of my praise. He resides in the midst of my praise. These team members better have that same attitude up there. Otherwise, it's just a band doing some songs to get you juiced up so the preacher can go. Number one on your handout, God's throne is found in the praises of his people. And that's not just here. What about home? What about the workplace? You see, it's not just singing a song. It's not just clapping the hands. But in praise and worship, it's praise and worship that ascribes to God the honor, the glory, and the praise that is worthy His name. The praise that is due Him. If you're not worshiping for the sake of ascribing to God the praise and worship and adoration that is worthy of Him, then you are, my, my, my beloved friends, worshiping in vain. It's just a song service. It's just a band. It's just technology. It's just a building. In fact, worship in those kind of places actually makes this an auditorium and not a sanctuary. It makes this a podium and not a pulpit. It makes this a stage and not a platform. Revelation chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before him saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. When's the last time you worshiped outside of the song with that in your heart? You see, you don't need the song then. We're so dependent on the song, the song selection, the key of the song, the speed of the song, the noise of the song, the date of the song. Number two, we must have a revelation of who we are worshiping in order to worship truthfully. You see, that's what the 24 elders understood. They knew who he was. When you worship, do you have a revelation of who it is you're worshiping? Because if you don't have a revelation of the Christ that you're worshiping, you're not worshiping the Christ. Because you cannot worship what you do not know. And I didn't say know everything. There's a great song from years ago. It's called Just a Glimpse. Just a Glimpse. Of your glory is all I need. Just give me a glimpse is all I need. 
Because that's all we can handle. Just give me a glimpse. Everybody all right? You see, it's not supposed to be about, I like that particular song. Mm, 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 it really moves me. I wish they'd sing that song every week because that's the one God lives in. He lives right there. But he's not moved by vain worship. You see, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about what we, we heard the 24 elders. It should be about, oh, I love my God. And my God loves me. I don't even need a song. I'm already worshiping. Van didn't even come out of the prayer room yet. <coughs> Y'all still love me? That's good. Oops, better take that off. I forgot my uh, Yeti cup this morning, so I'm sorry on camera. You got to put up with the plastic. We can be so motivated by the flesh when it comes to worship. And I can tell you that the, the two times I've worshiped with this team, I'm so proud of them because I have really forced them out of their flesh. The flesh says, I want that click track. You all don't hear the click track. We got click track in our ears. Click track is the beat of the song. We, get, we can get so accustomed to that, we don't even know how to worship without the beat. You know, other things you guys don't hear is we got, some of you hear, some of you don't hear. We got multi-tracks and pads and stuff playing in our ears. We got some multi-tracks up here. I'm letting all our seekers out. We got some multi-tracks up here. It's got a person on the multi-track going, verse one, two, three, four. And my, my pray, this praise team here would admit, some of these songs would be really hard without that help. Oh, I drug their flesh through the ashes this morning. <laughs> I love you guys so much. They're probably like, oh my God, is Pastor going to be leading any more in Jonathan's absence? I hope not. <laughs> oh, we, we are so motivated by the flesh. I've heard people say, I cannot worship to that song because I don't like older songs. I've had people say to me, I cannot worship to hymns because I can't relate to hymns. I've had people say, I can't worship to songs that are loud and edgy and modern. I've had people say, I need soft, quiet music to worship. I've had people say, I can't worship to songs that have the downbeat on the two and the four. I know, that's laughable. Thank you, sister. That's laughable. One, two, one. One. Oh, no, no. We got to have... One, three, one. The devil's on the two and the four. You think I jest? So what's a worship leader to do? Let's see, I gotta get, I gotta get, a, I gotta get a one and three song in. I gotta have a hymn in. I better not get too loud and edgy. Uh, 
How about worship leaders, Jonathan, all of you that are watching online that are worship leaders in a part, how about just having it come from your altar time at home? You're putting up with the songs you're putting up with today because that's what happened in the altar time at home, or in this case in the camper. And days before that at home, at 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord would wake me up and the same songs were in my brain. What do you think I'm bringing today? Oh, I better have something that just appeals to everybody's flesh. Flesh songs, doing worship because it appeals to your flesh, that's not worshiping in spirit and in truth. And there's no presence of God in it because God's not the one being worshiped. Self is the one being worshipped. Jesus, don't let it happen to us. Friends, all the reasons I just gave you, hymns, this song, that song, temperature of the room, volume, they're all carnal. They're all carnal things. They're about what pleases the flesh. And anything that is done in order to please the flesh is self-worship. Yeah, yeah, it's God worship all right, but you're the God you're worshiping. You still love me? I mean, I know you did a couple minutes ago. but Number three, when you have a revelation of the one that you're worshiping, hear me. When you have a revelation of the one that you're worshiping, nothing will stop you from throwing caution to the wind and worshiping God with total abandonment. Do you remember what total abandonment is? Do you remember when you were a child and you had the childlike wonder? Those of you who had have daughters and your daughters were little, did they not put on poofy skirts and go around in circles just so you could see them dancing in circles? Are you kidding? You ladies wouldn't dare do that today. You men, I remember, I remember coming into church, honest to goodness, I remember this, that the men's pants, knees on their pants were all shiny. You know why? They were wore out because the men were on their knees in the house of God and at home. The knees were all shiny. Yeah. I remember Will Lauer taught me a great lesson a number of years ago, Connie. I don't know if you remember this. About, he bought Randy, Pastor Randy, new shoes because he noticed that Pastor Randy's shoes were cracked at the toes because of all the time Pastor Randy spent on his knees like <laughs> Like this. Are your pants wore out because you spend so, time, so much time on your knees? Or are you worshiping in the flesh because you're, it's in vain? It's useless. It's empty. It doesn't belong in this place. Heaven forbid you got your hair messed up, ladies. I know, I know, I know. You spend 80 some odd dollars before the tip to go get your hair done. I ain't messing it up in church. Hmm. 
In 2 Samuel, we're not going to go there just for the sake of time. I know I'm not cutting corners, but you, we're going to tell you the story, the Bible story of David bringing the uh, Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And he was dancing before the Ark of the Covenant. And he, he danced, he da and I don't want us to do this here at the church, but he danced himself right out of his clothes. He was down to his BBDs or Hanes or whatever they had. Let's just say he came into town worshiping in a loincloth. Now we don't want that here. It's the spirit behind it. Uh, his wife uh, said, you know, what a disgrace you've been. He said, I, here's what he said. I, for the sake of God, I will be even more undignified than that. But we'll only worship in dignity. <clears throat> Where's the uh, abandonment of dignity? I can't cry because snot might run down my face. Then let snot rockets run down your face. Cry. Laugh. Run. Dance. Fall on your face before the Lord. <clears throat> oh, I better just stay right here in my seat. When you have a revelation of the one that you are worshiping, you will throw caution to the wind to such a degree that you will become oblivious of your own dignity. I challenge you, church. Get undignified before the Lord. When you realize that the one that you are worshiping is named Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord who is my shepherd, therefore I shall lack nothing. You'll begin to worship outside of yourself. You'll begin to worship and praise like you never have done before. When you have a revelation of the one you're worshiping. When you realize that the one you're worshiping is named Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides all of my needs according to his riches and glory, you'll shake off the shackles of self and begin to praise like there's no tomorrow. See, even here at Res, we're not worshiping because we know who we're worshiping. We're worshiping because we like the song. We'll have a toe healing line. I'll do a line at the end of the service to pray for everybody's toes as you're getting stepped on today. When you get a handle on the one that you're worshiping is named Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who is my healer, who heals all of my diseases by whose stripes I am healed, you'll begin to shake off the flesh shoes and maybe put on some blue suede shoes and dance around this house a little bit. Oh, better not dance. They'll think I'm crazy. Too late. <laughs> when you get a handle and you finally figure out that the one that you're worshiping is named Jehovah Sidnecu, the Lord who is your righteousness, who has caused you to become the righteousness of God, you might just drop some of your dignity at the door and fall on the floor before a mighty God and who washed you whiter than snow. Oh, but I don't like that song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. It's old.
I got one more time to come worship. I'm doing nothing but hymns. I'm just saying, I'm doing nothing. I got at least two people here going, well, finally, the glory of God can be in the house. My pastor says every now and again, I'm sorry, I feel a little punchy today. When the light bulb goes off, that you are the one, that you realize that you're worshiping the one whose name is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is your peace, you might just be inspired to throw your arms up in the air and run to an altar to worship the God who has brought peace to you in a, in, in a chaotic world that we live in today. I've had people who attend this church, maybe had attended this church. I will never lift my hands, ever. And they never have. I'm sorry, but that's flesh worship. They're not here today, but if you are watching online, please forgive me. You know who you are. When you have a revelation that the one you're worshiping is named Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who is your shelter, you might just be motivated to cry out, to sing out, to even shout out, glory to God who covers me. Yeah. We don't have a revelation of who it is we're worshiping. We're worshiping the song or the leader or the tempo or the volume or the temperature. When you... When it's all said and done and you finally realize and have a revelation that the one that you're worshiping is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is always present, you won't have to be coaxed. You won't have to be begged or prodded to leave your seat, to come forward and worship at the altars of God. Now here's what some of you are thinking, possibly even right now. Well, I don't have to come to the altar to worship. The very fact that you'd say that is a stance of the flesh in resistance. Well, I know you can worship right where you're at. I understand that you can worship right where you're at. I get that. I understand that. I wonder what would happen. Father, I wonder what would happen if right now your angel became visible and started coming across the front of this place. I wonder if they just sit here and go, ooh. Get your camera out, Myrtle. We got to take a picture of that. And would you fall on your faces and worship before the presence of God? Isaiah said, upon seeing the glory of God, I am a man. Woe is me, a man of unclean lips, for I am unraveled, I am undone. Tightly raveled church, it's time to become unraveled. Tightly knit church, it's time to come, become unknit. Tight, tightly dignified church, it's time to come, become undignified in the presence of the Lord. People might think you're crazy. Well, I hope so. Crazy for Jesus. I'm almost done. God is enthroned in the praises of his people. This is why worship is so important to the angelic visitation that we received here. 
Worship. Not just worship, but true worship. Worship that comes from a place of recognizing who it is that you're worshiping. God sits on the throne. His throne is in the midst of the praises of the people, yet many sit on the throne of fear. They're afraid to worship to that degree because of what somebody else might think of them. What might my spouse think of me? Oh, my God, husbands, if you let loose, jerked your tie loose, ran around this house, your wife, you'd be like, oh, my wife will never let me hear the end of it. I remember we, uh, we used to do a service in the beer tent up in West Branch. We actually we had a reputation in West Branch as the beer tent church. No, we didn't serve beer. But it was in the beer tent in downtown West Branch on 4th of July weekend or something. And uh, they'd have, the biggest party was on Saturday night, right? And the, the place smelled like booze and cigarettes and everything else. They'd bring the prisoners from the local jail to hose down the place. We'd go down there and have church. I remember one day, one, this guy went to, I think he went to his grave mad at me because I did this. I said, I, his name was J. Paul, but he was such a great guy. I said, J. Paul, you got to lose that tie. Well, this ain't no place for a tie. He said, well, i got to wear a tie. I said, if you're going to wear a tie today, it ain't going to be around your neck. It'll be around your head. <laughs> so take that tie off and wrap it around your head like a bandana. My brother took his tie off and wore it around his head like a bandana. <laughs> he allowed himself to become undignified in his own opinion. But later in life on his dying bed, he said, I ain't never forgiven you for letting me, making me wear that <laughs> tie around my head. He was kidding, of course. I think, praise God. <laughs> you have to be willing to become undignified in the presence of the Lord. Do something different. Get out of your comfort zone. When worship happens, wander around. Find a corner. Find a place. Somewhere other than your little comfort zone. But you see, when you have a revelation of who it is you're worshiping, you should never have to be prodded to do that. Well, I don't have to. <laughs> don't even make me preach that message. The miracles of the Lord, the miraculous realm of the supernatural, only happens in places where the people worship in spirit and in truth. Because when you worship in spirit and in truth, you're creating an environment that welcomes, welcomes the presence of God. In. Is the throne of God welcome next to you during worship? Or are you in the throne? I'll move on. Number four. I think this is the last one. And then we're going to worship. No, I don't want you jumping through hoops to show me you heard the message. Uh-uh. Please don't do that. I'm not interested in a dog and pony show. I'm trying to help you and instruct you, but it's not like, oh, he's going to do worship now. I better leave my seat. You're still worshiping vainly. Let it be because you, you know the one you're worshiping. Yeah. Well, I don't know that song. So what? I told the team today, I said, 
if we, when we get up here, because they didn't know the lyrics of the song, I said, I don't care. You singing the lyrics isn't what matters. You worshiping the Father is what matters. If you don't know the lyrics, push, pull that mic away from your mouth and lift your hands and worship God. But, number four, there is an enemy to true worship, and his name is Satan. He does not want this to be a worshiping church. God created me, I believe, even from my mother's womb as a true, as a worshiper. There's been times that I have worshiped falsely and vainly, yes. But it's the core of who I, I appreciate what my good friend, Reverend Mike Smith, he said, Rick, it's, it's about worship because you have the heart of worship. And I went, wow, Mike, I have, I've forgotten that. I've forgotten that I have the heart of worship. But that enemy loves to come and steal that away from even me, even me. And I'm not, I'm not touting me. Is it, is it, it, no, it's the spirit of God that, that brings that. It's not because I'm, I play guitar well or sing well. I don't even think I do either one of those well anymore. I used to be pretty good. I finally got blisters. I was off guitar so long. They belong to you, Jesus. <laughs> Satan is against a worshiping church. Because he knows that in a worshiping church, the power of God can be manifest to change people's lives. So if he can keep us worshiping the song, or the song leader, or the temperature, or the volume, or the style, then he knows people will come to church and have a great experience, but not have anything life-changing take place. Maybe for a week. He knows that if he can stop us from worshiping in spirit and in truth, that he can stop the flow of God's glory. Because the flow of his glory is not dependent on me or this praise team. It's on us. Oh, heaven's sakes. He's including us all in this. That's too much pressure. You need to understand if there's such a thing as true worship, then it automatically implies that there's such a thing as false worship. And if you're not worshiping in spirit and truth, then you're worshiping in falseness and flesh. They, they, they honor me with their lips, the scripture says, but their heart is far from me, and they worship me in vain. Vanity is one of the words for vain because it pleases their flesh, or the other part of that word vain, it's useless and empty. What kind of church are we going to be, Res Life? The place that does a great job at it all, but there's no power, and our worship is empty and filled with vanity? What kind of church are we going to be, Res Life? The place where worship is true or false. It's not on me. And it's not on this praise team. It's on us. Together. Praise team, why don't you all come on forward and get ready.
So we cannot allow Satan to get the upper hand. I refuse to allow Satan to get the upper hand on this church. God has placed me here not just to shepherd you, but to be a guardian as well over his presence here in this house. And I'm going to do my very, very best with all that I can in this earth suit, flesh, somehow to walk in the spirit in such a way to not let Satan get the upper hand over us. To not let us forget. Or, as Satan would love for us to do, to become an angel church. We're not going to do that either. But we're going to do our best, even if we never understand why it happened, to let it spur us to true worship. To let us spur us to worship that is not vain and fleshly and empty, but that is spiritual and empty of self. So there's a right manner to worship and there's a wrong manner to worship. What's the right manner? Where all carnality is done away with. Where all the flesh is done away with. Where it doesn't matter how much you cry, how much you laugh, how much you dance, how much you run, how much you stand, how much you sit, or what you do at all. The right manner of worship is worshiping where the only thing that matters is God and Him in your life. So we're going to worship. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And again, please, I mean, I invite you to leave your seat. I invite you to make a, a, a bold move toward God. I invite you to do something outside of your ordinary I invite you to do that, but please don't do that because I set it up. Because God wouldn't be pleased with that. It would, it would be false worship, right, at the end of a message about true worship. So I'm going to ask that the lights get dimmed because this is going to be a time of worship. You might say, well, I don't know that song. So what? We don't know it very well either. I'm going to invite you to worship. The altars are open. Our prayer team is here. If you need somebody to pray with you, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to invite you to be challenged today. To be challenged today. <clears throat> I'm going to grab my water here. The older I get, the harder that step gets right there, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. See, there's nothing dignified or professional about what we're doing right now. And that's I. We don't have a click track. Got a 
little music pad going. I put ear monitors in my ear just so I can hear the rest of the team. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
themselves. One thing I ask and I would seek to see your beauty, to find you in the place your glory dwells. For here my heart always satisfies in your presence I sing beneath the shadow of your wings come on let's sing it now better is one day in your cause better is one Sing it out. You are awesome. 
Ah. Uh... 
presence, Lord. Into your holy presence, Jesus.
praise in the house. Come on. Hallelujah. You got time for one more? Let's let this be, you know, they, they think it's called a swan song, you know, this is this where we're going to end it all today. I want you to leave with this in mind.
are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of my praise. I come just to adore you and I bow down before you. Lord, you are worthy. Oh, you alone are worthy. Lord, you are worthy of my praise. <laughs> wow, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy. Lord, you alone are worthy. Lord, you are worthy of my praise. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You alone are worthy, Lord. And as we leave here today, we ask, Father, that your presence just goes with us into our homes, into our workplace, and into our church. Help us to make you the sole reason of every note or voice of worship. For you alone are worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, and all the church said, I call you blessed today. Thank you so much for sharing this worship service with us.